Hey everybody, this is Thea. This is Daniel. And we're standing on the corner of here and now. Join us as we have conversations about all things recovery. And hang on to your seat, we're in for a ride. the kitchen table back to the kitchen table we've got our incense burning we did a little sage we did some tony robbins breathing before we got going so um today what we are going to talk about i'm really excited because this is really really what we wanted to do with the podcast or at least me anyway daniel just got suckered into all this Mm -hmm. um (laughs) (laughs) but you know a lot of the reason behind i wanted to do this was i wanted to talk to people that are successful i'm Mm -hmm. using air quotes everyone successful in recovery there are winners and losers i think so there are it's a wide scope it's a bit Mm -hmm. of a slide rule or a pendulum or whatever you you know thingy you want to put on that but there's definitely some ins and outs with this so um, I think today what I'd like to do is um, we're going to ask the questions. What is recovery? What is success? What is success in recovery? What does that look like? What does that feel like? Um, and just kind of draw from our own experience. Somebody that's in that mid-range, you know, Daniel, if you don't mind me saying, no. has four years Four and a half years. Sorry, got the half in there. He's like, four and a half. He's every... like a four-year-old. I'm four and a half. <laughs> exactly. Okay, got it. Um, so in 10 days. In 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, there's a thing in there with that. Yeah. So let's start with you. Let's just, let's just ask the question, if you're cool mm. with that. What is recovery to you? Ooh. What is recovery? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's broad for me today and i think it changes of course in the beginning um i don't know if i even knew what that concept was we talk about it a lot in the rooms Mm -hmm. where we'll talk about the difference between abstinence or being clean and the difference between that and recovery and in the beginning that's all i understood was okay i'm supposed to stop using right and then you know, soon, soon after that, I think I realized early on that, you know, they can detox me and they can get me off of whatever chemicals and get me pretty squeaky clean. And and you can do that pretty quick. And then I'm left with me. And so I think it dawned on me pretty quick that that wasn't sufficient because I was still just as sick, if not sicker. I know in one of the pieces of, of the literature, it talks about how someone that's not in a program of recovery, but is simply abstinent is actually more dangerous than in person in active addiction. Right. And that hits me pretty hard. So I knew right away that I was still sick. And so recovery for me is the, is growing. Ooh, I like that's that. what, that's what being in recovery is to me. It's, it's always growing and getting deeper and better. I think what the steps kind of mean to me, if I had to say them in one word is aligning me with reality there. It's almost like a honing tool 
Um, it says in in, uh, in the Bible, it always talks about iron sharpening iron, Ooh. which that I used to hate that back in my addiction when when a pastor or somebody being raised in the uh, Southern Baptist, they'd bring that up. It's like, well, that sounds really horrible. Right. Well, that sounds painful. Um, and sometimes it is. But to me, recovery, it's like that that honing, that sharpening me back up to aligning myself with what is reality and and having some peace and serenity about that. And that's always growing. Um, one of my friends in the program, um, he, he always, we're, we're always talking about balance and how that doesn't exist, but we're always trying for it. Um, we're sitting back and, and I'm saying, okay, I've got an equilibrium. And, and kind of like in the last podcast, that plateau, okay, mm. I've reached a little plateau and then right. the universe is going to throw something in and throw that off and say, oh no, I, I need to balance over in this area. Maybe I'm being a little selfish over here. Maybe I need a little more service in my life. I'm, I'm getting selfish and self-centered, or maybe I need to really work on my meditation and prayer or whatever it may be. And those are kind of programmy terms. Right. Maybe I need to work on my morning routine. Right. Um, one of my one of my things in, in recovery that when we first started being friends that we talked about a lot was integrity. I think that was one of our first subjects. I think it was. And to me, recovery is, is about continuing that integrity because, once again, this is one of those things that I love to talk about, but then it's all about action. So am I actually doing it? And when we first had that conversation a few years ago... I was uh, telling the clients all day about meditation and about all of this stuff. And then I was like, wait a minute. Am I doing it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Right. So to me, recovery is about growing. Yeah. Yeah. So I just looked it up. Mm. I don't know. There's no right or wrong for this, you guys, right? Like, it's just where we see things at different times. And what recovery means to me right now is not the same as it was when I had four and a half years. Mm -hmm. And may not be the same when I have 34 and a half years you know, God willing and all that good stuff. Um, but uh, in the Internet Dictionary says, a return to normal state of health, mind, or strength. Um, similar words are recuperation and convalescence. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Uh, the second definition is the action or process of regaining possession or control of something stolen or lost. Oh, I love that. Retrieval and regaining. Are the synonyms the synonyms the synonyms <laughs> so it goes back to that seeking thing mm -hmm. continuing to seek is part of my re recovery so is our recovery just drugs and alcohol then or whatever you know if you're in OA it might be food if you're out there trying to be on your phone less it might be that mm -hmm. like there's all these different things I heard a podcast with Brene Brown and um Russell Brand. Mm -hmm. Didn't I send you that one? Yes. Did you listen to it? Yes. And I think it's on that one where she he's saying something to her. I don't know. I remember exactly what it was. She goes, well, that's part of my re recovery. That's part of my recovery. And it was so she was talking about, at least the way I interpreted it, was like everything encompassed her recovery. And it was her integrity and whether when whether she was exercising and whether she was eating well and whether she was spending time with her kids like she's kept saying well that's part of my re recovery so i took that for me to mean that you know it's not just the drugs and alcohol obviously that's for a lot of us that's that's our jumping off point that's a huge point it's how we end up in the rooms in our in our case um but that's you know it's so much more and it's like so what does your recovery encompass? 
huge. With that definition, it, it, I loved that where it says recovering things lost. Mm-hmm. And that was me. I'm the, I'm the one that was lost. I'm recovering <sighs> me. There's a, there's a thing that when, when I first got introduced to this and they talked about how you don't even know who you are. And I sat back and I'm thinking, yes, I do. I'm 34 years old. I'm almost 35. Kind of like that four-year-old mentality right. still. And I, yes, I know who I am. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't. And, and I got excited about all this because I was like, oh my God, I finally get to find out who Daniel is. Right. I'd never had the, to me, it was almost like I was born. I like to say this, but I was born with this Christmas present that God gave me. That was me. And I never had the balls to open it. And then, so I like that definition of recovery Mm -hmm. right there. I'm recovering me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was it? The, the, the present moment. Today's a gift. That's why they call it the present. Oh, that's how that goes. That's something like that. It's something like that. Um, okay. So if we go to the next step, what is success? Success. Yeah. What is it? I I think that's a very kind of like recovery, but that's a very personal thing. Totally. And, um, I liked it. My second sponsor, um, before we'd get started on any steps or anything like that, he said, first define success, because if we're going to sit here and address something in the, in this growth, in this step work, then first let's, what are we aiming for? Right. A goal or an end point yeah. of some kind. Yeah. What exactly you want to do here? Right. And so, okay. So he, he, he gave me about two weeks to sit back and, and write out in a little journal, like what is success to Daniel? And so on there, I've got all these material things. I've got relationship things, right. you know, at the time, I don't think I had a job. I was single and I was mm-hmm. just trying to stay clean. And so I had all this future stuff on there and I filled up a good solid page of what is success. And then this inner voice kind of came in because I knew if I presented him with that, he was going to want to whittle it down. So I said, oh, what really, let me distill this down a little bit more. And what I got down to was that I didn't want to cause harm to me or others. Okay. And that that was success for me. So, okay, that's my goal because that's what I've been doing, causing harm to myself and mm. others. So the opposite of that. And I think that's a real cute little simple way to encompass what success is. But what right. it really looks like for me is if I'm not causing harm to myself or others, there's a lot of work that goes into that. So that entails, that's a short sentence to entail um, all the other things in recovery for me that we talk about, like, um, continuing to grow spiritually, continuing to grow mentally, to get physically better, Mm -hmm. to get more physically healthy. All of those things have to play a part. Me being of service, getting out of selfish and self-centeredness, all of those things in order for me to not be causing harm to myself or others. So I'm going to ask this and see what you, what you think. So, um, the people in recovery, have a ton of monetary success Mm -hmm. good or bad Mm. i think it's a tricky one right i think it's a really tricky one this is real personal uh so this doesn't i don't know if this applies to anyone else but to me you know uh money can be just as deadly to my spiritual recovery and to my spiritual success which is what this this whole process is about for me, is the spiritual side, it can be really detrimental because my ego absolutely loves to 
to have those the have monetary success and to have all this money and to me that really can play into the disease of separation because all of a sudden I'm separate from others there's been times in my life where I had I had some some monetary success and I had a little bit of money to throw around and I felt better and different mm. and entitled. I almost felt like, even though I had no you know, reason to, I almost felt like a blue blood right. from up in the Northeast. The like motives, was, goes to motives. Yeah. Okay, so does that mean that we have to be a martyr or a pauper? No. So it's okay to be, and these are big questions, right? Like I'm just kind of throwing them out there. I mean, if I work hard and I'm doing the right things for the right reasons and the universe blesses me with, money just be blunt you know that doesn't mean i have to live like a pauper it doesn't mean i can't go do things it doesn't mean i can't you know what i mean mm -hmm. like i shouldn't have to i shouldn't have the need to hold myself back to make you feel better i shouldn't have the need because that gets us into a whole other thing well i can't be successful because xyz mm -hmm. i'm unworthy low self-esteem like you see where i'm going with this mm -hmm. like there's a lot of like ins and outs with this stuff too but if I'm really kind of doing the right things for the right reasons and I get blessed with some things, cool. Especially if I'm sharing them. Especially if you're sharing them. I think that's yeah. the kicker because the, the things can own me. Correct. And so it says uh, in, in that other book, it says it's easier for you to get a, a camel through the eye of the needle than a rich man to enter the gates of heaven. And to me, what that says is... You're quoting is, that other book a lot I'm quoting today. the other book. That, <laughs> That's okay. That one we are, hits me. We are in an open book here. Yeah, to in, any corner. books, anything. <laughs> all things recovery, you know. Um, but that one's difficult because those things can start defining me. And so I've, I've categorically said since I've been uh, clean that if I happen to win the lotto, yeah. Let's just, you know, Let's throw that honest. out there. Not that I play the lottery, I but do. there was, yes, you do. <laughs> there was a, a time over in, in, um, this little bitty store that I was going in there and I was getting a pack of cigarettes and I was coming out and the guy said, you forgot your lottery ticket. And it was this old Asian guy, uh, running the store. And, and I said, well, I don't play the lotto, sir. And he said, well, here's, here's your uh, lotto ticket. And so then I thought, well, that was like a real lining up of the universe. Right. Basically I'm going to win. Right. Right. And this is some Mr. Miyagi shit, excuse my language, <laughs> and I'm going to win. And, uh, and then I thought, oh my gosh, that would change things so completely. I think I could lose focus on everything so fast right. about who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, about what my priorities are, about being humble, being right-sized. Right. For me, it would be so dangerous that I, I said, man, if I win, I'm going to give that stuff away so fast and try to be in the flow and let that, that energy, money, energy exchange, looking at it mm -hmm. that way, mm -hmm. just flow through me into the right channels, right. Right. but not own me or possess me. Because I would love that too. I would love to surround myself like uh, like the dragon on the Hobbit with all just the things, you know, and have this little empire of guitars and right. stuff. Just stuff. Stuff. I have all the stuff. I'm filling the void with the stuff. Yes. Ooh. So it says in some of the literature, social acceptability doesn't equal recovery. So some of the money stuff, money and things, we'll just call it money and things, you know, property and prestige, like we said earlier too, money, property, and prestige don't equal recovery. Mm-mm. No, I, and I see a lot of people, that, that's a really good point. I see a lot of people in recovery, I think, get off of off track completely with that 
mis misinterpreting that social acceptability mm. or those that thing. So you'll see people come in desperate and then they get the things back yeah. usually and they start to get a little monetary success in their life and then all of a sudden it was like that was the goal. That was the definition of success for them. And all of a sudden they fall off. I don't see him anymore being of service. I don't see that desperation. I don't see that spirituality. I just see that take the place of, and, and I think we see a lot of people fall off the, the path of recovery whenever they get money. I think it can be dangerous. So they change. maybe the goal gets changed that the, the, the marker, the down marker gets changed and they don't even realize it. Probably not. It's Something easy along those lines. It's easier for for me to feel like I really don't need to do a whole lot of work when I've got that social acceptability. I'm driving that. I'm keeping up with the Joneses, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, well, if society thinks I'm okay, I must be okay. Mm. That kept me out in my disease for a long time right, because right. I thought, well, I'm not under a all those cliches. I'm not under the bridge. I'm not doing any of those things. So, as long as on paper I look good and I can make you think I look good, I'm wearing clean clothes. They're nice clothes. Driving the nice truck. Mm -hmm. Living in the nice place. Mm -hmm. Then I, I really don't have a problem. Right. Wow, this goes to a lot more viewpoint. That really, at the end of the day. I'm a servant now. I've been given a new life. I'm gaining my life back in recovery. Mm -hmm. um, I'm growing. And to me, it's like that. You can't keep what you have without giving it away. My purpose now and my definition of success is how, how much am I being a part of that, of my higher power's will? And so that's like really taking the reins off in a lot of ways. Like there's a part of me that would like to pursue all kinds of things. But I know that like, let's say uh, I want to pursue being a rock star. But I know that if that's not in my higher power's will for my life in third step, then I really don't want to do it. If right, but you could go play music. So you could go to open mic night. You could do stuff at events. You could like if you really... You know, you're right. You may not be a rock star, rock star, right? But if you really enjoy playing music and take it from that standpoint and go do those things, it's not like, well, I'm not going to do it because my higher power is not going to make me a rock star. <laughs> that's different. Yeah. Because I've heard that in the rooms too. Like that's that I'm not even willing to go do it even though I love it because I'm not going to be whatever. I'm not going to gain accolades. I'm not going to become famous. I'm not going to make money at it. That's a whole other thing that might even, for me, fall into like some perfectionism. Like mm -hmm. if I can't do it perfect, I'm not going to do it at all. Mm -hmm. I'm not willing to suck. And that, again, that's where that, you know, that's again a whole other conversation, right? I have to, for me, I have to be willing to step out and do things and let my higher power, <clears throat> excuse me, take the reins, like with no expectation of the outcome. If I love yes. playing music, I want to just go play music without the outcome of maybe becoming a rock star. Although if that's what my higher power wants, I'm more than willing to become a rock star. Do you see? Yes. And I think that's a piece of that puzzle too. Like you were saying, there's nothing wrong with going out and working hard and being very good at your job and getting paid well for it. As long as I don't have an expectation for it in the long run, like, you know, I don't expect to be a influencer or I don't expect to do this or I don't, you know what I mean? Like it goes back to that going and doing the things with my whole heart and passion and love and purpose, but leaving the ultimate outcome to the universe, higher power, all that kind of stuff. 
I think that's the only way to have serenity. And earlier you had said that when we were talking about money, you're talking about wealth sharing. Mm -hmm. And so then I'm thinking to myself, like, what are my motives is, is like using the singing thing or whatever. Is it to, to benefit others? Is it to be of service to the universe? Is it to be a part of like bringing more light and love into this place? Or is it just for self-gratification? And I think I draw the line there where if it's just like if, if my higher power has given me a passion for something, I would assume my higher power has also given that away to help other people and to be a benefit to the universe and not just be about Daniel and making me feel better and fill in that void, if that makes sense. I think that it's um, not really about self, self-gratification as much as it is like, how does it benefit humanity? And in so doing so, it benefits me tremendously. Well, that was my next thing I was going to say. It's like, it's okay if it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you see where I'm going with this? Like, there's nothing wrong with getting a little self-gratification out of it if on the back end my motives are good. I feel good when I go do groups at the treatment center. There's a lot of back end in my motive about why I do it, but I feel good. Same thing. If your thing is playing music, going back to that example, and you just really enjoy playing and singing and being in front of people... That's okay. Like, I think sometimes we'll, it's not a monastic life. Yes. Right? So we don't have to put our own desires, our own, I can't come up with the right words, but we don't have to put that stuff aside. It's okay for us to feel good and to have successes. We are worthy. Last week we talked about um, doing esteemable things to feel self-esteem. Like, there's these are all good things. Things I can't believe that my higher power would bring me here to just be of service to him or her, and I'm supposed to be a monk and not have any fun and that type of thing. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And prior to putting the record button on, we were talking about some of this and, and what is success and what is recovery. Right. And it, my success isn't just to be clean. Correct. My recovery is not just to be clean. That's like baseline stuff, but but you're right because that was one of the first things that uh, that you told me when we became friends is that it's not just in the rooms. I don't have to be this monastic person that's just right. I'm going to the rooms and I'm doing this perfectly. It's right. so much bigger than that. It's bigger than that, and I don't. I, for me, and I say this to people all the time, is that I didn't get clean to just sit around the rooms. Mm-mm. I got clean to live my life. I got clean to be successful, whatever that looks like for me from year to year, decade to decade period of my life, whatever the deal is, right? Like that's why I got clean. I was sitting in a closet doing what I did all by myself or with not good people. I came here to get out of the closet. Wow. That's a big statement. (laughs) Those of you listening. Um, but you know what I mean? Like I didn't come here to be a monk. I didn't, I'm, I, for lack of a, nothing wrong with monks. It might be kind of cool to go to a jungle monastery and sit around and meditate for six months actually. But you know what I'm trying to say? Like that's, it's not a, a a self punishing thing. Like we should, you know, if we want a nice home, we have a nice home. If we want to go to Costa Rica for we go to like there's nothing wrong with these with these things and i think that's why this conversation is so enticing to me and maybe to some other people is like well what does a success thing look like what you know if i'm doing more than baseline there's no reason in the world why i can't become 
successful, air quoted, whatever the heck that means, and be able to live a a good life. I mean, it tells us in the seventh tradition that we should be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Mm-hmm. That means I'm going to need a job. I'm going to need to pay my rent. I'm going to need to take care of my car and pay my insurance and like do all these adulting things. You know, this isn't just sitting around the room praying for a hot dog like the old timers have told me, right, at times. So, I, right, like there's a give and take here. Yeah, there is because otherwise that closet that we got pulled, that we came out of that closet that you get pulled out of the rooms could be that. And I've seen totally, that sometimes totally. where it's like, it, it's almost sicker. It can almost make people sicker. And then they, totally. they trade one for another. another. And then I'm just this monastic, really nothing much happening. That's that convalescence. Ooh, yeah, it talked nice. about convalescence for the definition of recovery. I don't want to be convalescence. Right. Like I want more than that. I, it, it, my goal wasn't to come in and get back anything that I had before because that person was what ended up in the rooms. I want something new and different and bigger and better and, you know, shout from the rooftops kind of stuff. That to me is, is a piece of that success of being able to do those types of things and go out and live that big, awesome life that I think for the most part, all of us want to live. Yeah, and and it, to be presented that way, it's really unattractive when when we see the people. When I see a newcomer, and they'll they'll bring it up if they're paying attention. Sometimes they're around recovery in the rooms. They'll bring up that person that traded one closet for another. Correct. And they'll be like, "Well, yeah, this sucks. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this." And then I always I always bring up to them what Tom C said about it being an adventure. Oh yeah. And and so that that super attraction of this is that. Like all of a sudden, any expectations that I had on what life could be by trying to be of service, not cause harm to myself or others, by living a spiritual way of life would far exceed anything I ever thought that it's so much bigger than that, than just being in the rooms, being miserable. Well, I got this much amount of time and, Mm -hmm. well, yeah, but you're a horse's ass. (laughs) So, (laughs) Yeah. And we can hide in there, like you were saying. It's easy to hide in the rooms and be a a 12-step room rock star, Mm -hmm. and not be out there. One of my sponsees said to me one day, he says, you could be living the nightmare and sharing the dream. Mm. Holy cow. And I think that happens a lot around here too, is is we fall into those um, crevasses. (laughs) Because they can be a crevasse, you know. Like, that's a big big thing, because we do want our ego stroked. Like... uh, the uh, uh, egomaniac with the inferiority complex. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to be in the rooms and appear to be successful and say the right things, but yet on the outside, you know, we're struggling and we can't pay our rent or we have a funky job or whatever. I'm just throwing things mm-hmm. out there. You know, we could have a bad marriage or um, there's a lot of things because we don't want to appear a certain way. Um, and so I think that can get, it can get really dicey. But again, if we're on that road of seeking and growing, um, that's where a lot of it, a lot of this comes in and surrounding ourselves with strong people, you know, the five people we spend the most time mm-hmm. with, all that kind of stuff. Again, it kind of goes back to the small things like we talked about last last week. I agree. I, one thing came up in my mind as we're talking is where I work um, at a treatment center, it's a pretty, quote, high bottom facility. True. And so a lot of people will come in 
and they'll start comparing their bottom to other people's bottoms. I was listening to a speaker this morning and it was terrible. This guy was from Brooklyn. He had had one of the most hardcore active addictions I've ever heard from anyone. It was just, and, and he didn't go into it in a, in a uh, war story and kind of way, but just factually going through it. And there's a part of me that, that says to myself, well, man, I wasn't that bad. Right. And then I'm always reminded that it's, and in what I tell clients at this place, it has nothing to do with the external in our addiction. It has to do with that internal bottom. It's how do I feel right. inside? And that, that feeling of, of worthlessness, of hopelessness, of totally not being enough, that's super insecure, not comfortable in my own skin. That's the bottom. So if I, if I take that same thing and apply it to success, it's internal as well, mm -hmm. because I do believe, um, that, you know, if there's a, somebody that doesn't have the most societally acceptable job, let's say like, um, I don't know, a janitor or something, right? Right. That janitor has contentment and peace. True. That's the richest, richest guy out there. Right. He's richer than uh, Warren Buffett. Right. Oh, uh, right. it's all internal. It is all internal. And if that's what, you know, the janitor aspires to, I, you know, great. They support their family. They pay their bill, you know, whatever, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like that's, that's amazing. Um, the person though, that doesn't want to be the janitor, that's okay too. Like if they want to climb the ladder, the yeah. proverbial ladder, yes. you know, I don't think that there's anything, you know, people come into the rooms and they've given up. What's the line from the book of old dreams, lost dreams awaken. Yeah. New possibilities arise. Oh my gosh. Huge. You know, when I came in the rooms, I had a list of things that I wanted to do and I've accomplished them all. Wow. I've done all of them. It's crazy. And it's scary because now I'm like, now what the hell do I do? <laughs> I'm in a, I'm in a midlife crisis. That's why we're doing a podcast. <laughs> I'm going to start a podcast, but that's a weird place to be. And people look at me like, that's a, it is, it's a high class problem. Well, I've done everything. Now what? And it is, it's a whole reinvention. There's a whole reinvention going on. There's a whole, um, I mean, I have things I want to do. Obviously I've got a, I've got a wish, a wish list and a, a dream board and you know, I do all that stuff and there's places I want to go and see and all that kind of thing. Um, but you know, some of that requires a certain amount of dough too. So it's like, okay. Um, but it's an interesting place to be with at a certain age and, um, a certain amount of clean time, um, a certain, um, I don't know, reputation. I hate to even say it that way, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's a really odd place to be. And it's made me step back even more and go, okay, what is success? What is recovery? What do these things mean to me? What do they look like? How do I want to go about getting them? Same questions a newcomer could probably ask, mm -hmm. maybe not in those words, because it won't be quite as sophisticated for lack of a, a, a better word. I'm not more sophisticated than most people, but you know, I still have to look at all these things and go, Hey, wait a second. What's, what's happening here. And it's, it's been a, it's been an interesting, uh, you know, scary process for me. And that's one of my big, big things when I get confused and I need to take a big step back and look at something, I'll say, well, that's interesting. And I might say it about you. I might say it about me. I might, you know, there's different situations where I'll, and sometimes I just say it out loud. Like that's interesting. But for me, it's a cue to go, Oh, 
that's something I need to investigate. Mm -hmm. That's something, and you know, if there's a trigger or something like that. Um, and I don't want to be a fraud in the rooms or in my family or whatever the deal is, right? So there is, there's a certain amount of ego that comes into play with some of that as well. So it's just, a, again, to ask, be able to ask these questions is, is huge and um, who knows when it'll get figured out. I don't, might be on my last breath, like I always like to say, right? That last exhale. Oh, oh, okay, got it. If then. If, yeah, if. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think that it goes back into being an adventure because you're talking mm. about these lost dreams and, and talking about accomplishing all those things. And then we're talking about how do we get these things? Like what, what does it look like to be starting off at any starting point, whether it's just getting clean and sober or whether it's mm -hmm. having some time and saying, hey, you know, these things have been accomplished, but I still got to keep growing. Um, how do I get those things? And I, and it reminds me of being in the flow. That's one of the biggest things that this program's taught me is to not fight, oh. is to, is to not struggle, but to throw things out, like doing a podcast, like doing other things, putting yourself out there, but not, not being that forcing thing. Right. To me, that's all that fear-based ego stuff, but letting it flow. Mm -hmm. What does the flow feel like for you? I don't know. I've been struggling a lot lately. <laughs> Let's get honest at the corner of here now. Yeah, it's been a lot of struggle and heartache. Like, that's the thing. I know that in the past, um, you know, when I've jumped, when I've been willing to jump and just go for things, that's when the flow happens. This podcast is a great example. Mm. You know, I've been batting this around for a long time, and finally it was like, let's just jump, let's just go, let's just do it. And then we had an opportunity, and then that didn't, I'm like, screw it, I'm going to buy my own equipment. And so now we're sitting here at the kitchen table. So it's been the process of letting go and jumping. And, you know, this is one of the few things during the week that really gets me excited. Like, I love to do this. I think about it all week. Mm. When we're done, I'm excited. I'm like, oh, my God, that was great. I So, you know, hopefully we can help somebody. Somebody's going to get a nugget out of it. Like, that's the flow for me. Do you hear that? It's ice, yeah, cream, it's ice truck. cream truck. Ice cream truck's going That's by. a cue that <laughs> being in the flow. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know. I wonder if the people can hear that. All seven of you. Yeah. It's getting louder. There he is. He's right there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been the thing for me is, and it's interesting. You were talking earlier about step three and step 11, step three, um, you know, giving it away when I'm, truly in the process of giving it away and allowing my higher power to take care of it, I'm in the flow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and same thing with 11, when I'm praying and meditating and seeking, I'm, I'm in the flow. It's when Thea gets in the way for lack of a better way to put it. Um, and I get wrapped up in fear. And I shared that in the meeting today, you know, about the whole fear thing. Like fear has been a, you know, ugh, there's a book that says it's the evil and corroding thread that winds through all of our lives. And I know that for me, that's, that's a true statement. And I've made a lot of my major decisions in life in fear and in a, in a low vibe, uh, you know, situation instead of being high vibe and love and all that, I've been very low vibe, fear-based person. So um, you know, today even cause not knowing where the flow is going to take me kind of freaks me out a little bit in all honesty, but having, you know, the, the groups I do and having this and the different things, it makes me go, Oh, okay. Okay. I know it, nothing else I need. I, 
I know I need to go do that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like early recovery for me in a lot of ways. It's a good place to be. It's not a bad place to be. Good orderly direction, gift of desperation, you know, some of the stuff that's come up over the, it, it, yeah. But again, it brings me back to these questions of success and recovery and what does it look like? And, you know, I'm, I've never been dropped on my butt. I've never been dropped on my ass. I've always had everything I needed and a little bit of what I wanted. So when I, when I remember that, it, it makes it all uh, easier. And I don't have a hard life. You know that. My life is pretty it's pretty good. Like, you know, we have our struggles and, and stuff like that. But for the most part, I've been very blessed, you know. So, And I think that, that that goes back to that definition of success because as long as my success is internal – and I've got some faith that things are going to turn out right, okay. Right. Like I'm going to be taken care of. Right. Then there's always that baseline, that warm hum inside my, mm. my chest. That's like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. That faith that's grown. But as you're talking, I'm thinking like, what adventure that I've ever heard about all the great adventures. I love history. And yes, he does. And, and so I'm thinking of all these incredible things that have happened and what adventure isn't scary. And then that, Mm -hmm. that, that fear that wants to put me back in the closet, it wants to keep me null and void in, you know, this, this, uh, this being that's just shut up somewhere, whether it's hiding in the rooms or whether it's, it's literally hiding in the closet Mm -hmm. or whether it's just not being content Um, and, and getting past that and jumping out. Yeah. It's scary, but it requires faith at that point. Yes. That jumping off. I was thinking of like jumping off the, uh, the diving board on one of those high ones. Like Mm -hmm. that takes some faith, Mm -hmm. you know, water's there, Mm -hmm. but it's still like, there's that part of you that, and and some of that's that survival stuff and different hormones that happen and different responses, but you know, it's there, but it's still freaking scary. Right. Right. We were in Hawaii. When, you know, we've had a rough life. So we, when we were in Hawaii the first time, Le- Le- Leanne and I, we were at uh, some a big waterfall thing, and it had like a big, you know, lake or whatever. Not a lake, but like a big pond. The waterfall came down. It was in Mau- Maui. So it was like one waterfall to the next waterfall. And we climbed up all the front of the waterfalls, and we were standing at the top one, and I just literally leapt off into the water and you know swimming around i swam over the waterfall and got under the waterfall and i swam back and leanne was standing on the edge i'm going to tell her story <laughs> um and she's looking at me and i'm like jump in the water jump jump you know and finally she jumped and she's like i'm so glad i jumped mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah sometimes you just you just got to jump it was funny i was watching flash dance this morning so here's a nugget i got out of flash dance <laughs> Yes, I'm weird like that. But, you know, there's you just have to jump. If You know, if you yep. want to be the ballerina, you got to go to the ballerina studio. You got to go get, you know, you got to go do that stuff. And it's like, you know, just go do it. But at the same time, like we've been talking about having faith in the whole nine yards. It's, it's, a, it's all a part of it. Um, but I would rather have taken the jumps and failed than not taken the jumps at all. I think Bowie said something like that. He's like, I'd rather fail horribly on stage to, instead of never getting on the stage. Mm-hmm. I'm instead paraphrasing it terribly. Failing horribly at home, thinking about it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so take well, a page from Bo- Bowie. What's the, the famous, I don't remember, you know, I'd rather have uh, love and lost than to have never loved at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes 
guts to love. Oof, that is not to huge. really love. It it that requires a lot of sorrow and a lot of joy. Yeah. It's all of it. It's all um, of it. My man, my favorite thing in the world is is picturing, you know, Lynn or somebody jumping, and it's this this is the truth. Every time that have faith, and whether it's it's not. Um, not picking up the phone to call the dope man that one time in early recovery, or it's maybe that sitting my butt down and actually doing some meditation or whatever it is. Every time I, I'm so glad I jumped. Yes. After it's all over, it's just like, oh my God, I'm so glad I did that. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's how it feels sometimes uh, in, in talking to people at treatment centers or people that are just kind of being awakened to a spiritual life is it, we're in the water already and we just jumped and it's like no 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 come come on yeah come on the water's Keep fine swimming. come on there's no alligators like Nemo. I promise Nemo yeah just swim yeah. <laughs> my one broken fin you know <laughs> totally very frustrating <laughs> oh gosh all right have we run this one what do you think anything else you want to add have we run it aground I think the the one last thing sure that I had down here is that's a good a good little gut check for me on things because it's just, and this is too simple to actually be correct. But if it's not practical, it's not spiritual. What? Who wrote that? I, it's in one of those books. It's in one of those books. That we're not trying to name mm-hmm. on the podcast any of the books right. necessarily. But if it's not practical, it's not spiritual. So I can apply that to all kinds of, of little questions that I've got. And that's saying, be in the flow, have faith. It's an adventure. If it's not practical, it's not spiritual. If you're trying to force it out of the flow. Yeah, and it's 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 where the rubber meets the road. It's where we take, it was mentioned in the meeting that we weren't in today. <laughs> you know, that I have to take it out of the rooms. I have to be willing to take that stuff that we learn in there, that we mm. read about, the step work we write about, blah, 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 blah. I have to be willing, for me. I have to be willing to take it out of the rooms and apply it in my life for me to have the, all the recovery and all the success. Cause if I'm not willing to walk outside the rooms and apply this information, um, it's not going to matter. You know, it's like being a couch quarterback, you know, you, you know, there's people around that. Oh, I could, uh, I said, yeah, but you're not doing it. Oh, but you don't understand Thea. If I did it, da, da, da. You're not doing it. That's all that matters. You're not doing it. Talking I'd rather about it. see you go out and fail at it than tell me how you could do it. Yep. And, you know, I say that for me just as much as I say it for anybody else because I need to hear it. Fun to talk about. I need to hear it. All right. Hard to do. I think we ran the ship aground. I think so. All right, cool. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will be back uh, soon. Love you guys. All right, take care. Peace out. Peace out.